It is the 11 Dubcast, and once again, I am joined by Kevin Harris. Thank you so much for appearing yet again on the 11 Dubcast, Kevin. We're, we're very happy to have you. Oh, thanks for having me. I, I'm, I'm honored to be here, always an honored guest. You know, it's it's an exclusive club to be a co-host on the 11 Dubcast. It's like me and 500 other people who have, you know, either like been like abducted and, and sent to the the siberian wilds and uh people go on to have you know more successful you know media careers so, yeah it's, it's tr- truly a mixed bag there yeah but you know eventually everybody ends up as a co-host on the dubcast so i appreciate you uh helping out and i want to start this week by something that's been going on and i think it's it's there have been discussions about it it's not necessarily breaking news or anything like that but the Big Ten is starting toward leaning uh, towards kind of getting rid of divisions. And I, there hasn't been anything like super concrete to my knowledge yet. However, uh, they are talking about Michigan State's uh, AD, for example, I believe, was talking about that and saying, you know, there's they are moving in the direction of doing some things that will change the makeup of the conference. And, and there's a lot that goes into that. There are a lot of things that will, that, that will impact, um, you know, the one that I think Ohio state fans are probably most concerned with would be how that impacts, you know, the game with, with Michigan. But I think this will have some larger, you know, ramifications, ripple effects that maybe we don't quite appreciate. And here's what I would say. I want to start off the conversation with this is, is the why, which is, I believe this is, you know, kind of the Big Ten seeing how other conferences are going about it and then wanting to make themselves more competitive as far as the college football playoff goes. Do you think that's kind of the same thing that that's kind of where they're why they're they're thinking about this possibly? Yeah, I mean, I, I think that's that's kind of the obvious move here. Um, and it, it's one of those like if everybody does it, then it, it's like a game theory thing where like, if nobody does it, you're fine. But if everybody does it, like you've got to do it too. So, right. Um, I, but why, but, but I guess that would be my question. Like, what is the real benefit here? Like what Ohio state, let's say, okay, big 10 gets rid of these divisions. Right. And you've got Ohio state ostensibly sitting as top dog most seasons. How does it really benefit the big 10 to change the formula that they have because aren't they going to get pretty much the same result regardless i think probably if the same result is that ohio state goes undefeated or wins one game or loses one game and finishes the season like that i i think where you could start to see different results is um when ohio state's kind of if like those years that ohio state isn't removed or is removed from the equation which would be like i mean honestly like one season since like 2012 so yeah. um in reality you're probably right it, like for the foreseeable future if ryan day keeps doing what he's doing like it might not matter all that much because like a, a five and or a uh sorry five and one a um a, a, you know a, a 12 and one or uh 11 and one ohio state team is gonna get in regardless they don't need any changes or anything like that but like um i i think it could matter for the Michigans, the Penn States and those schools that are trying to sneak in. Um, and honestly, like uh, you, the, the other thing here is just like the pure moneyness of it. Mm-hmm. And the big 10 championship games have not been terribly good um, no. historically. And so like <laughs> hypothetically by just making it the best team versus the second best team, 
you automatically get a better game. And so like when in a, in a world where like, I mean, college football is the product that you're selling here. And if you can make a move to make your ultimate college football game for your conference good, it, it makes sense to do it. Right. And I, I think that's, I think that's an excellent point. And it is kind of weird, especially you have the way these divisions are just not particularly well balanced the way they are now. Um, you know, one team getting stomped by the same like handful of teams every single year in the Big Ten Championship. Right. That, that, that's not really great for business. Yeah. How, how many, how many times is Wisconsin going to be a launch pad for Ohio State? <laughs> right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. And the thing is, though, is like, it's, it's weird because when they started instituting the Big Ten Championship game, right, after expansion, you know, you bring in Nebraska and you're like, all right, well, now we got these teams. We're going to we're going to start doing this championship game. A couple years later, they bring in Rutgers in Maryland. Um, it seems to me like that was an attempt to kind of do the same thing, right? Like, it, which is keeping up with the rest of the country. College football is changing. You've got to do something to make sure that you stay relevant and if you don't do that then other conferences will kind of leave you in the dust and in in both cases in both this year you know in this situation that's going on and then you know 10 12 years ago what's interesting to me is that it doesn't feel like the big 10 is driving it it's like they're being really reactive right and they're they're really afraid i, I honestly think that the sec absorbing texas and oklahoma like that's something that scares the hell out of the big 10 Right. Like they see something like that and they go, oh, crap, like how are we going to maintain our national media relevance? And if we don't do exactly what everybody else is doing, then we're going to be looked at as obsolete or not as interesting. And, you know, the unfortunate news is that's already the case. Right. I think it's it's like that's a totally fair point. And like, I think sometimes you get caught up in the like, like, I think that that is both true. And it could be a net positive move. Like yeah. it is absolutely reactionary and that right. is absolutely the rationale behind it. But like, that doesn't mean it's a bad move. Yeah, no. Exa- well, that's what I'm saying. Like, and, and, you know, people may see this as like, oh, that's just, they're just, you know, trying to rearrange chairs on the Titanic. I, I get that. But like, first of all, I don't think the big 10 is the Titanic. And secondly, I agree with you. I think that a move like this, it might seem weird it might seem odd. It might seem a little, I don't know, to an outside observer, maybe desperate or something like that. I, but it's still the right move. I, I, I think it's what they need to do. Now, the question for Ohio State fans is how comfortable do you feel with the potentiality of playing Michigan twice in a row? Which I actually, I went back and I, I looked at this and in the past like 25 years, something like that, I forget what it was like 20 or 25 years. I think that would only happen, have happened or worked out that way, like three or four times in the course of the years. And now to be fair, that coincides with Ohio state being historically great and Michigan being for their program, historically bad. Right. Yeah. If if you go back into like the, it doesn't even work back then, but um, like go back (laughs) to like Woody, like the the 10 year war era, like I'm sure it looked. Oh yeah. They would have just played each other, you know, two times a year, every year. Yeah. And so, so I think what's funny is like, um, I I did a poll on the site with, which was basically this question. How would you feel Mm -hmm. about the idea of potentially paying Michigan twice in a season? And it was one of the most split polls. The options were love it, (laughs) meh, or hate it. And it was 30% love it, 34% meh, and 36% hate it. So like, it's, it's a split bag, but I think what's kind of wild for me is like, 
when they brought out the the legends and leaders thing um <laughs> when hilarious by the way um when they when they first did this and ohio state and michigan were both in the um the same division or sorry they were across they were in different divisions and they were hypothetically yeah. this hypothetically could have happened um i remember people being like irate about it like they yeah. people were losing their minds and they had extremely strong takes and now like it's just hilarious it speaks to how much college football has changed that like with nil and the transfer portal and all this going on it's like eh, whatever like if this is another change that we have to live with like we're yeah fine. You, like yeah, I, yeah screw it right too yeah, much like <laughs> but the only thing okay so part of that and i remember that conversation i actually remember writing an article about this um them being in the same division whatever that doesn't bother me the timing of the game bothers me like changing yeah. that i think it has to be the last game of the season and i yeah. remember on twitter there were a lot of like sec bros talking about like well, we play our rival in the middle of the year all the time what's the big deal i'm like yeah you don't get it like that's to me right. the michigan game has this kind of inertia that other games don't have and because it is that last game and it really is the wall between you and the postseason like that's special that's something the different as long as that exists though and it could be two walls i don't care but as long as that's at the end of the season i don't really care how it works out that to me right. is the only thing about the michigan game that i'm like really traditionalist about is that it has to be the last game of the season otherwise yeah. it cheapens it um, right and and i i don't care at all like with the potential of michigan playing you know, playing Michigan again a week later. Yeah. Let, let's run that back. Like, that's fine. If, if that's the best game, the, the two best teams, like, yeah, let's run it back. And, and just extend it. Just just start the game where it finished. <laughs> do, <laughs> just do make it, a, yeah, make it, a, or something. make yeah. it an eight quarter game. Yeah. Yeah. And don't even, but here, but, but here's the thing. And that, that is where the, I think people might have a semi valid concern, which is like, okay, it is an eight quarter game. So why the hell would you, I mean, if you're both going to play in the championship, regardless, why would you play your starters in that first game? Why would you do anything in that first game? Right. Yeah. Like, shouldn't that, that just that be backup kind of city for both teams? Well, I, I think the thing is, though, like, th this is very, this is a wild hypothetical. Like, before this, the rule change even happens, we're talking about this. But, like, if that happened, like, say you split them, like, Ohio State wins, Michigan wins, and you're both, like, talking about, um, you know, a, a chance to go to the college football playoff, which would yeah. probably be the reality. Right. Like that probably would, I, I don't know it. I, I don't know if that would bolster both teams resumes or it would tank both teams. I, I would like to think <laughs> that, I don't know. It, it's going to be two so terrible games back to back. Yeah. I can see that. Yeah. It, it's going to be so situational though. So I, I don't know. It, it, it's hard to talk about this so hypothetically. Cause I, I think it's going to be situational. Yeah. Um, that's fair. Like, like this year, if you know, Ohio state, Michigan run it back and Ohio state beats Michigan, like, what do you do? You know, I, I, right. I think maybe both teams make it really. Maybe I see. I feel like it would be the opposite. I, I feel like this was the year where they would use that. I mean, part of it too, depends on how the game looks, right? If yeah. it's like, if it, I mean, ignoring what happened afterwards, the one V two game in 2006 was considered to be this epic greatest football game in the history of college football kind of thing right people saw these two right. titanic teams smashing into each other that were either one whichever one would win was going to go on to you know have unbelievable success blah 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 
if it's a game like that, I, I would agree with you. I think that's one of those things where like, yeah, both teams are going to benefit. On the other hand, if it's like a crappy game, if it's, <laughs> if it's a year later, 2007, <laughs> and you know, it's a, it's like a 14 to seven game where one team runs it 500 times, then I don't know that that will be to the benefit of both teams. That may be something where it's just like, okay, well, these guys kind of suck. And I don't, I mean, you're right. It's, it's hard to project with these hypotheticals, but Part of me, I mean, I agree, but like, that's what the Big Ten is trying to do right now, right? Because I guarantee you, those are the conversations that are happening, which is because I, I don't think that like Indiana's AD is sitting down and talking with like Maryland's AD and being like, you know, what if we're in that game? What, what if, you know, schedule works out where the last, you know, we got to play each other? Like, they're right. not the ones having that conversation. Right. Um, so I don't know. It's, it's just, it's interesting to think about. It will definitely be a change. Again, in my view, as long as Michigan is the last game of the season, and maybe, I mean, shoot, maybe that's, they have this conversation, go, well, it could be at another point in the season, right? And then you don't have to deal with that. Um, but yeah, I, I feel like the Michigan game still has to be the last game of the season. Yeah, and given I that, it, that, you know, in the past 20 plus years, it's only, it would only be like three or four times. I, I think you have to, to risk that because that's just, you would take too much away from the, the rivalry in the conference um to do it otherwise so it it's just I, i'm really curious to see what they come up with and uh you know what the big 10 kind of looks like going forward because ultimately i mean you're really talking about you know what like five teams basically that have a reasonable shot i think on a regular basis to really to do this and and yeah you know, I, well i so. i think the other thing that's that's really interesting to me is um so like I think right now it's Ohio State, Penn State, and Michigan are like your top teams. Yeah. And like, who do you think Ohio State's protected rivals would be? So like, <laughs> yeah. like if you're doing that, like you're you're not just talking about Michigan, like you're talking potentially Penn State too. Right. And so it's like the three teams are like the three perennial like contenders are all probably going to be like at least Ohio State's going to play both of them, you know, right. probably well, every year. So and that's I, more incentive you're, you're to almost, make sure Illabuck is in the rotation <laughs> yep. stop pretending like that's not the greatest rivalry in sports that's of all i'm course. saying um but no you're right and, and here's the other thing is that like as far as you know ohio state and penn state and michigan go i i think i don't know it, it's i love that they have basically designated you know we talk about michigan being the last game of the the season i love that they've de designated in recent years penn state spot in the the schedule as well right like that that last weekend of october that's awesome i love that yeah and that's another thing yeah. i don't want to see change like i you know and i'm i'm not a traditionalist when it comes to college football in general i'm, I'm open to a lot of changes but like when something works man like i want to stick with it that 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 spot for penn state is awesome and i love that and i want them to to maintain that for as long as they can um and yeah. and you know what? And honestly, when it comes to this reorganization stuff, <laughs> like it's mean, but screw these other teams. Like, I don't care right. when Iowa wants to play somebody. I don't care when Wisconsin wants to play somebody because it doesn't matter. Like it, it, it isn't as important, I think, as when Ohio State wants to figure stuff out. So Ohio State should take precedence in these kind of conversations, I think. So. Yeah. And I'm, I'm sure the people, the rest of the Big Ten don't love hearing that. And I, I know that the Big Ten likes to portray itself as a big happy family, but like, who's your best shot to win a national championship? And who's been your best shot, right? It's not going to be like, right. I know Michigan had a good year. It's not going to be Michigan going forward. It really isn't. Um, right. 
so I don't know. I, that's it's just it's interesting to think about, and we'll see what happens uh, as the summer progresses, um, and and what they decide to uh, to do. But uh, yeah, Michigan State AD Alan Haller was talking about that, alluding to that, and and we'll see what comes of it. Next thing I want to talk about real quick, and I guess this is related to some of the other um, transitions, transformations, all that kind of stuff. Lane Kiffin had an interesting um, interview with Sports Illustrated, which still exists, and. <laughs> surprisingly and this is this is the the question here so um all right when you were head coach this is from sports illustrated when you were uh, head coach at the raiders you and then owner al davis became embroiled in a public fight over the playing time of number one draft pick jamarcus russell that's funny uh do you see that starting to play out in college and lane kiffin says how is that not going to be an issue that the donor pays the money for the player uh, and you're not playing them, and that same donor gets you hired and fired. That donor is now what? The owner. Okay, so I can see that playing out. I think that's a fair point by Lane Kiffin, particularly where he's at, but I don't see that playing out at Ohio State. I don't, I'm not going to pretend that I'm like some super plugged-in dude, uh, but what do you, do you think that would be a consideration ever at Ohio State? So I think for that to be a consideration – you would have to have some sort of um, like almost alliance between the people who are making these NIL collectives and stuff like that yeah. and the coaching staff and stuff. Mm-hmm. And that for sure exists at some schools, like yes. for sure that they're like working hand in hand with the recruiting department. That's like, Oh, you know, like, but, but you know, let's, let's wink, wink, nudge, nudge this kid, you know? Yeah. Um, that from like this is not just like homery i think ohio state hates the idea like the coaching staff and the the like people in the in compliance in the office i think they hate the idea of working with those guys like, yeah th- those collectives and i stuff think so like too that. they want no part of that and if they have any sort of conflict with them or and like, I, I think that would be Ohio state would welcome that. Like, okay, good. Like you're mad at us. Great. Just don't do this anymore. Like <laughs> go away. Yeah, like, right. It, exactly. And so like, and that's not just a, like, that's not a Homer, like, Oh, Ohio state does things the right way. Like I, I don't care how Ohio state does things. I'm just like, that's reality. Like, honestly, like it would probably be beneficial for Ohio state to work more hand in hand with the collectives because they're losing players right now. Sure. But like the reality is that they, they are not fond of the way that that's going about. And I can't see as long as Ryan day is the head coach that really changing. Like I, I, I can't see Ohio state just like switching and being like, Oh, actually we're going to embrace this and start buying players. Like that's just not a, a thing that I can see because I know that they, they hate that they hate the people involved. So I, right. from that perspective, I can't see that happening with Ohio state, but I mean like Tennessee. Oh yeah. Absolutely. Oh my God. Like, a hundred percent that's gonna happen yeah or old miss or frankly and, and this is the thing and, and this is i we've talked about this on the dubcast before and i don't think people really uh, casual college football fans I, I think don't always appreciate this which is like the relationship between the athletic department and the boosters and the fans and all these other like things that are in the whole football ecosystem right at a college or university or whatever uh, those things have to be pretty well in concert right for for things to run efficiently and smoothly and ohio state i think is a very corporate kind of structure right and by that i mean that ohio state 
has very specific ways that they want to do things. And it's something that they've, they, they know who's in charge. They know how to do it. And they really don't like other people stepping in and trying to tell them what's up. And I, I think they've got a very good relationship between the people who support the program, the people who run the program, the people who are coaching within the program. Other colleges don't have that kind of, you know, system where everybody's kind of on board and, and, and all on the same page. And, and I look at a place like Texas where there's so much chaos, I think, between the boosters and the athletic department and the coaches and everything like that, where everybody's got their own agendas and they've all got their own ideas about doing something. Ohio State, and as I understand it, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but Ohio State does not play that. <laughs> they don't, yeah. they just don't want to deal with it. They, they are like, this is, we have a, we have a way to do it. We're going to do it. We know exactly how things should be done. And I mean this with almost anything. And we're not going to let other people tell us what's up because we're big yeah. enough where we can tell people to go screw themselves. Basically. Right. And I, I think that's absolutely true. And I think that's why, like, in a lot of ways, I, I don't know, I hesitate to say, like, I, when you talk about schools with big boosters and big wealthy alumni that donate to the athletic, you know, let, you guys mm -hmm. know what a booster is, but um, you think of like Texas A&M and oh, Texas yeah. and schools like that, like that oil money or whatever. But yeah, like, Oklahoma State, oh, I mean, sure. Right. And, and so like, but Ohio State has a massive alumni base yep. and you don't really think of Ohio, and very wealthy alumni and fans and, you know, but you don't really think of Ohio State in that same category. Right. And I think there's no sugar daddy at Ohio state and the exactly. money that's going to Ohio state that is in that vein is going to the medical right field. Right. It's not going, it's not going to the football team. Or yeah. the college, and so or the I think that's, that's, that's really why. And um, even if there was somebody who wanted to be that quote unquote sugar daddy for the football program, like I'm not sure Ohio state would be into that because it's like, well, no, this one person, if they're, you know, donating like 40% of the athletic program's money, like we're not interested in that. Right. Like, we're not interested in, in, one person having that much sway in the athletic department like that right. i i just genuinely think that that's not how they want things to run and you know those other schools will, they'll gladly take that sort of money but I, I just don't think that ohio state is in a position where they need to take that right and I, I think it's important that too that you said it's not because like ohio state is this pristine pure organization it's because they they're just like i said they're very corporatist they have a very specific way that they want things done and they don't want outsiders telling them how to you know do yes. things they want they don't want an outside entity dictating to them how to do what they already know how to do and i appreciate that i i and i do think it leads to better results in general um but like it's wild to me part of this goes back to the relationship that fans have with the team and the school that they're invested in and like you want, you know, I, I graduated from Ohio State. I've got two degrees from there. It's, it's something that's very near and dear to my heart. You want it to be successful. You want that organization to do the right thing. Um, but you also don't want to be like, a lot of people don't want to know how the sausage is made. And <laughs> the, the good news is Ohio State is, you know, I'm not saying they're like squeaky clean or anything like that, but I am saying that they're much more transparent about their sausage than, yeah. <laughs> than some other places. Right. And that's... Yeah, for now. And, and, and you know, for now. And, that, and so, so like, I, I don't, I don't want to downplay that. Like, I, the reason why is that they have the perfect concoction of yes. athletic director, coach, and president. Correct. And trustees. Like, it really works right now. But exactly. If you have but that's that not balance, permanent. Like, 
that, that doesn't have to be permanent and it's no. going to be very hard to keep that forever. So like, Oh my God, just because Ohio state's where it is right now does not mean it's going to be like that forever. So, so this is, I mean, it, sorry, go ahead. Yeah. No, you're, you're fine. That, that's, that's all I really mean is like, it's, it's not like me just saying like, Oh, Ohio state does this because they're Ohio state. Like, no, they just have the, the perfect setup right now. Last thing I want to say about this, when we talk on the dubcast, sometimes Andy and I will gas up uh, Gene Smith. And I, I think there is a segment of, uh, the Ohio state fandom that does not particularly understand why, like why, I mean, they, they may hold a grudge for him about how like trestle thing went down and, you know, various other things and whatever. I got to tell you something, this thing does not work with, without Gene Smith. And, oh, no way. and he is by far one of the most, like, again, I'm not an expert in all of this, but from my observations, an unbelievably competent administrator, like ridiculously yeah. good at what he does. I'm not and, sure there is or has been better. No, not just Ohio State, but like period. Yeah, I mean, he is just so freaking good at what he does, and and so I think people really need it. Like, if he, re- you know, he's going to eventually retire at some point. Uh, he will move on. That will be a significant period of transition for Ohio State. That I, I and not just yeah. Ohio State football, but just you know Ohio State sports in general. That I really don't think people maybe appreciate. They're not ready for that. Yeah, I don't think people are ready for that. Now, granted, I think he'll, you know, Gene Smith's smart enough. Well, he will set things up so that he'll ease that transition and he'll he'll find somebody who can do his job. But like, there's only one Gene Smith, man. And and you know, you look at yeah. a school like Texas and go, how the hell is a school like that not able to put a competent product on the field despite all of their inherent advantages? Well, it's because there's chaos and <laughs> between <laughs> between the boosters and the athletic department, and the coaching staff. That doesn't happen at Ohio State. It doesn't happen because of guys like Gene Smith yeah. and Ryan, and I, Bill I, and, you know, so. and I, I think the, the, the thing with Gene Smith too, is like a lot of people don't care about this, but Gene Smith genuinely is great for the athletic program as a whole and not just the football team. Yeah. And I, I, I think that a lot of people will look at like one or two things that they think that he should have done differently with the football program over the past, like two or three decades. And mm-hmm. They're like, ah, he should be fired. Urban Meyer should be the athletic director. And like, that's, that's the talking point is, is like the reality is like, that's, that's what it is. is People are upset by like one or two things that in hindsight, maybe he didn't do exactly the way that they would have done it. But like, Mm -hmm. when you look at the athletic department as a whole, it is by far the healthiest athletic department in the country by far, like by far, like top to bottom, especially given how many varsity sports are being run right like it's not yes. it's not like this is a small athletic department it's the biggest or, in the country yeah or even or even if it was a large athletic department with a relatively small amount of varsity sports that would be one thing right where they just coast yep. they would have all this money from ohio state football okay we'll have like 12 or 18 varsity sports that's not what they're doing they yep. are maximizing everything to the yeah, 37 three. sports yeah which is just completely bonkers um so yeah, I, I don't know, man. I, I'm, I'm with you on that. It, it is, it, it's pretty wild to see and, and to watch like how everything is just completely accounted for. And here's the other thing. And this is, I, I've thought about this in, in uh, the past few weeks too, because I think there's going to be a lot of transitional stuff with NIL in terms of how sports are funded and where money comes from and all that kind of stuff. There's going to be a lot more, I think, ripple effect conversations related to that. I think that the next big challenge 
for whoever comes after Gene Smith and however, I don't know, maybe Gene Smith himself, depending on how long he stays on. But like, how do you handle funding for all of the sports? How do you handle things like Title IX? How do you figure out how all of those pieces are supposed to work together when you have an athletic department that large? And I think that's going to be a, the biggest question for the person who takes over his job. And you don't want to be a situation where you got Jim Delaney and it's like, okay, well, we've got all these issues coming up. Have fun, Kevin Warren. Like, let's see how you do without really passing the baton. And, and I, again, I I don't think Gene Smith will be that lax when it comes to preparing, you know, the next guy, but like, that's a, that's a big ass. There's a lot that's going to have to be figured out there. Yeah. A hundred percent. I, I, don't know how far off we are from that. And I'm sure that there will be some sort of secession plan in place, but I, I don't think the average person uh, really understands um, the in- intricacies of how difficult that's going to be. By the way, real quick, how, how long do you think we will have Gene Smith in that position? How, how many more years would you expect him to say that? Cause he's, he's like, people have like given him, I mean, not aside from just retiring people have like, giving him overtures to do other jobs to move elsewhere in the country. I don't know. Yeah. I, I, I couldn't see him doing anything else. Like, I don't think he's going to leave and go somewhere else at this point, Yeah, but he can't do this forever. And like, he, <laughs> you sure? I mean, I, I'm not, I'm not going to try. Not, uh, no, <laughs> I mean, I, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going to try to like, like push him out or anything, but like, he's, he's getting, older i don't know how he's he's in his is he's up, upper 60s you know what's really funny so when you actually do a search for gene smith's uh age um it or well just gene smith right his uh his age is not on his wikipedia page <laughs> so it's like but but um as of last year he was 65 so he's probably like 66 getting close to 67 so like he, he could conceivably do this for five more years yeah i don't know if he will but like he i mean he, he doesn't have to go anywhere anytime soon but like i don't know i i think that's kind of the luxury is like it's at the point where he you know he could be calling it quits sometime in the next decade so that mm-hmm. gives him plenty of time to come up with a secession plan and you know groom somebody else to to do the role so well i i have no idea but it could be up to it could be like five ten years but it could also be two years and that wouldn't shock me at all and you know what, Andy Geiger, okay, so his predecessor, he was done in 2005. Andy Geiger, let's see, I'm trying to do the quick math here. That was 2005 was 17 years ago, right? Yeah. So 83 minus 17. So that's, he was like, what, 66 when he pieced yeah. out, I think. Yeah, By the so way, that... do you know Andy Geiger's real name is not Andy or Andrew? No way. Yeah. yeah. Do you want to, do you want to know what it is? I do. I do want to know. It's Ferdinand. <laughs> No way. Yes, it is. That? That's what Wikipedia says. And Wikipedia is never wrong. Yeah, never has been. I, I, for real though, I think his name is actually Ferdinand, quote, Andy, end quote, guy. Huh. <laughs> That's hilarious. And I really wish I had known that piece of information earlier because I 100% would have made a bunch of stupid jokes about it. Um. So yeah, anyway, big changes are coming. It'll be interesting to see how it works on the conference side, on the booster side, how athletic departments and coaches handle all of that. 
in the meantime, we've got some some just quick brief news before we do some uh, ask and saying this is kind of a, a happy thing. Ryan Day, uh, Ryan Day. And by the way, I really liked uh, how you started this, Kevin, uh, when you wrote the the uh, the article here. You started with bow down all other dads, which uh, includes me. Actually, do you want to go ahead and introduce this? But Ryan yeah. Day uh, being named this uh, yeah. award here. So so Ryan Day was named one of three fathers of the year by the what was it, the the mother's day or the, the father's day council yes the national, the national father's, father's day, council. day council yeah and so he was named the father of the year and so to, like this week i learned that the national father's day council is a thing but he was named the father of the year um and basically it it, it seems like the um you win this for being like a high profile dad that also <laughs> is like good at your job and you know good at being a dad yeah. So it, it, it's a legit award. It, it seems legit. And by all accounts, it seems like he, you know, won it for reasons. Yeah. Well, I mean, the dude, you know, I think he's done a lot of things with mental health. He has done an excellent job bringing awareness to a lot of things that maybe people wouldn't normally talk about or be aware of in college sports. Um, I think he's done an, an excellent job just as a human being to say nothing as of being a coach. And so I don't know. I mean, I have a number one dad cup. So I feel like there's, you know, maybe a recount is an order. Maybe we need to like figure some other things out, but I have a cat. You got a cat. So your dad, I mean, you know, like the truth of the matter is, is that we're all number one dads. And I think <laughs> even the moms and even people without kids, everybody is doing their best. Uh, but Ryan Day is apparently the father of the year. Doing better than everybody else. Yeah, he's doing better than everyone else at a higher level. And I, I think I appreciate that. Uh, I do say, I will say on social media, I do think it's kind of cool when you get to see the, uh, like the, the children of coaches and whatnot, because it's almost like seeing a, a teacher um, <laughs> like out of school oh, with their kids. Yeah. It's just really he's weird. Like, oh teacher. yeah, you're a real human being with like yeah. a family. Yeah. Um but again, apparently Ryan Day's kicking ass in that. So good for him. And uh, you know what? Shout out to all the dads out there. How about that? All the dads. So moving on, we want to remind you that the Dovecast is sponsored by the Dry Goods Store at 11warriors.com. Drygoods.11warriors.com. Shirts, hats, stickers, all kinds of great stuff. Check it out. It's summer. Buy a shirt. Why don't you? Um, let's go ahead and do Ask Us Anything. I want to remind you that the lifeblood of the Dubcast throughout the offseason are all the crazy and off-the-wall questions that you send to us. And I dearly appreciate everyone who does it, especially those of you who do it on a regular basis, because it really means a lot to us, and uh, we love answering these questions. So you can do so. You can send us a question to ask us anything to dubcast at 11warriors.com. And seriously, anything you want to ask, we will answer it. We've sent people on trips. We have told people how to propose. We've told people, you know, I don't know, like the best way to cook a steak, which, God, I'm sure Andy could spend an entire dubcast on. Maybe he will one day. But regardless, anything you want to ask, please do so. All right. So let's start here with uh, Timbo. God, I love that. Uh, so Timbo says Memorial Day weekend is coming up and there is not a better time for Andy to rectify having not seen the greatest television series of all time, Band of Brothers. It is a much watch for all Americans. I agree. And Memorial Day is coming up. Um, we're recording this on the 29th, but uh, I, you know, Memorial Day, good, good, good opportunity to check out Band of Brothers if you have not. And if anyone within the sound of my voice 
who has not uh, watched it, I, I really recommend it. It's excellent. Have you seen Band of Brothers, Kevin? I have not. Oh, man. Yeah, you've got to check it. Do you have HBO Max? Uh, yes. Okay, I mean, I, I have access to somebody's HBO Max. That's that's works just as well. So what I would say is that you are uh, you're obligated to check it out. It's it's an excellent, excellent miniseries. Um, question here. What is the greatest achievement sports or non-sports related that we have witnessed in person? So do you have Kevin the great? And again, this, it doesn't have to be like Ohio state sports doesn't have to be sports period. What is the greatest achievement that you have witnessed in person? Oh, there's gotta be something crazy. Um, man, um, Ohio state related. It doesn't have to be Ohio State related, uh, but it could be. Yeah, I know. I know that that's that's just the easy one because I've yeah, seen that's more true, right? Ohio State. <laughs> I've seen more Ohio State sports than I've seen anything else. Yeah. Um. Man, and then expanding it to anything, uh, I'm I'm trying to think of like a cool non-revenue sports one. I I mean I saw I saw Kyle Snyder wrestle. That's not one individual event though. No, but I think, but I think that would count like somebody who is so far above, like at the top of their game. I think that absolutely would count for something like that. Right. Like yeah. when you're saying something mind bending like that, I would, yeah, I would I mean, say that, that counts. That definitely stuck with me. And that's something that'll stick with me forever is just like that, that year, his final year at Ohio state when he watching a demon a from hell, medal. just like destroy people. Yeah. He'd already won a gold medal and was wrestling is a heavyweight but he had to stay in his olympic weight class so right. he was literally like he was lighter than every other heavyweight in the class yes and was just manhandling all of them still like i've never he literally like, was I, outweighed by like 60 to 80 pounds in every match and he was picking people up and throwing them down yeah so like i i, I don't have one specific like kyle snyder event from from that year just like the whole like because i i went to i covered or slash took photos at multiple wrestling meets that year so mm -hmm. i i think that might be my top um just that whole season that's i think that's legit i i, I honestly think that would probably be the, the problem is is that a lot of times especially with like the bigger stuff you know you're watching on tv right like you don't really get to see it yeah up close and personal so i'm glad you were able to see kyle snyder i i will have to say i, I did not unfortunately get out to see him live and in person and I, I i will regret that because that's you know you don't get too many opportunities to see somebody that high at the top of their game doing something you know that you really probably won't ever see again um god that's hard for me to answer like i would say like i don't know i mean i had you know friends in high school like we were you know we were taking the same like SAT together or something like that. And one of a couple of my friends got like a 1600 or whatever, but I couldn't really watch them. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I'm not like, <laughs> Hey man, how's that one going? How's that quite? Oh, okay. You got that one. Right. And the other one's right too. Oh my God. Way to go. Um, so it wasn't really anything like that. I would probably have to say there were some times in school where like I would watch people. This is what I always like admired the ability to just completely BS something and, and come up with something at the top, like the absolute top of your head and just impress everybody. And there were a couple of times in grad school where I know some of my, my cohort mates, people that I was, you know, taking classes with and getting the same degree and all that stuff, uh, they would come in with nothing, like absolutely nothing. And they're in front of like a set of, of, uh, 
<laughs> you know, and by the way, for a group of people trying to become teachers, this is a great look. But anyway, <laughs> they would go in, <laughs> they would go in and they would be in front of these like hardcore professors who are like not taking any guff. And they're like, yes, you've got to have all this stuff. And they just at the top of there, I mean, the, the next level intelligence to be able to combine the pedagogy and the, the information and then all this other stuff and basically just kind of pull a presentation out of your ass. Like that is just, that's not something I have the ability to do. And so when I saw people doing that at such a high level, I was like, that's, you're much smarter than me. And I, I just have to accept that that's, I'll be the hardworking guy. <laughs> I'm not going to be the genius guy. That's not me. And, and so I, I see that yeah, sometimes. Right. Like debates, yeah. for example, I, I've gone to political debates between, you know, like high level people. And I'm like, damn, <laughs> I can't, this, this person is multiple like levels higher in terms of intelligence than I will ever aspire to be. So it's just, it's, it's things like that where I watch people display their intelligence and I'm just like, man, yeah. that is unbelievable. Like I saw a debate between, um, oh my God, this is hilarious that it was between these two people, but Howard Dean and Bob Dole. Bob Dole is not what I would, I would call like a mental giant necessarily uh, at the, you know, this was several years ago. This is before he uh -huh. kind of started to lose his faculties, but like, I don't think you would ever be accused of being this guy who was like super intellectual, but Howard Dean, the stuff that he's able to recall and then say, and then combine, like however you feel about his politics, that they're just people like that in politics who have this innate ability to remember everything. And it's just, it's bonkers to watch. It's, it's really, really crazy. So I don't know. I find that interesting. Um, okay. So this is, this is kind of maybe a comment here. This is uh, from Ken who wants, who basically says, uh, love your 11 Warriors articles. Check them out every week. I agree about Holtman. Why keep them on? Very average. I say this earlier this season, dump them. Holtman will, or Ohio State basketball will never be elite if we have guys like Holtman. Day's great. Keep up the good work. Here's the thing. I'm going to ask you anything, Kevin. Um, let's say you, let's say Holtman says, you know what? I'm done. I'm retiring. I'm out. I'm sick of the criticism. I'm Johnny Ginner. Uh, <laughs> uh, who would you want to replace him? Who do you think Ohio State should go after? I have no idea. And, and like, I, that sounds like a cop-out, but, like, that's kind of, like, where I'm at with, like, the whole Chris Holtman thing. Yeah, so in other words, like, there isn't anybody that leaps to your mind, so kind of makes right, sense you, you, to... You have to, like, for all the people that are like, ah, oh, fire Chris Holtman, like, you have to come up with an alternative. Like, yeah, you can't just, name. like... Yeah, and, and, like, it can't be, like, I don't know, like, who was the last one? Like, Billy Donovan? The, Billy Donovan. <laughs> Coach, Coach Ohio State. Like, the, <laughs> Brad Stevens is going to go out. He's going to stop being the GM at, at yeah. Boston. Yeah, He's going to come over to us. Yeah, let's, let's get Doc Rivers. Like, That's I, right. Yeah. <laughs> I just like I, I don't, I don't know. I, you can say that like, oh, you should be fired yesterday. Like, okay, cool. But like, who else are you going to get? Like, you know, I, I don't, I don't know. And like that, that sucks. Beeline. That, like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. And like that, that sucks. That like that's that's where the reality is but like aaron craft's not going to coach ohio like <laughs> what like what, what what do you what do you think not? we're gonna do you know i i i, yeah. I, I don't know I, I i i am like simultaneously very sympathetic and understanding of like the ohio state basketball is not where like fans or i want it to be right now but like also you have to have like some awareness as to like, like bad Mata brought Ohio state to heights that it hasn't been since like 
what the 60s like the early 60s mm-hmm. and so like when you're comparing Coltman even to Thad Mata Thad Mata is like the best Ohio State basketball coach in modern history right so like I don't know I don't know we I think we had this exact same conversation last week it's we like, did but hey, you know what guess who's listened to this and like shedding a single tear as they you know like Jeff Bowles is out here going like god what do I gotta do <laughs> what do I, I gotta like, do I mean, it, it, it'd be fine. Like, like Jeff hey, Bull, yeah, if he wins 25 games a couple more times down there in Athens, I want to tell you something, man. Maybe, yeah, I, maybe the prodigal I mean, son returns. And and, and that's the thing. Like, I, I don't, I'm not, I'm not slandering Jeff Bowles or anything, but like, I, I don't, I just don't know if like, is, is Chris Holtman done that bad that you're going to like take a flyer on like, somebody that's really like not that proven like like jeff Bowles is he's a fine coach but like i don't know i i I just like i don't know that he's done that bad that you need to can him and get whatever the alternative would be like i i I just i just don't think that's true i I don't like you can hire greg odin i don't know i (laughs) i just maybe i I, yeah i I, and the the thing is that i think those would be like people's suggestions in a lot of cases like oh there's some alumni like I, i don't know so I, I don't, I just, I think that's the biggest thing for me. whenever somebody suggests firing him, it's like, okay, but like, who else are we going to get? Yeah. What's, what's your plan? Uh, okay. So thank you for that comment, by the way, I really appreciate it. And thank you for reading for the articles and, 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 you know, checking out all of them warriors. I appreciate that. Uh, next one's from our good friend, Alvin, who wants to know quite simply, what is your favorite dog breed? Hmm. So my, my favorite dog of all time was my sister's dog. His name okay. is Guinness. Nice. Um, he died like three, four years ago. He was a Husky and German Shepherd mix. Ooh, wow. And that Imposing was, that dog. was my, that was my favorite dog. It was, it was a, it was a big dog, but like, so it, it had like the German Shepherd, but the, the Husky coat. Mm-hmm. And so it shed once a year instead oh, of right. throughout And then the it year. all came out at once. It all came out at once, but you could just shave it. So right. like, as he's starting to shed, you just shave him and he's good. And so like that, that was great. And also, like, just the temperament of him is great. So, and he, it's a beautiful dog too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, I, I, I think I'd go with that. I also like the the uh, like the mid-sized dogs, like the um, the Australian Shepherd type dogs. I think I think that if I had to get a dog, it would be um, like an Aussie or something of that size. But I really do like the big uh, German Shepherd Husky mix too. Yeah, I think that's that's a good choice. That's a solid choice. I you know. I like pretty much all dogs. I love dogs and my, I've been around dogs pretty much my entire life. My family has either had a dog or like our extended family. They're always running around. There's always crap tons of them everywhere. And they're always like mutts and stuff like that. So we don't, you know, Andy will talk about obviously the dog shows that he goes to and his purebred dogs, which are great, but like that hasn't been my experience as a, a dog owner and, and dog lover. It's just, it's, it's mutts that we get from the pound and whatever. And yeah. I, I'm, I gotta say, I gotta, mutts, mutts are great, but if we're talking about like a specific breed, um, that's, that's hard for me because like, for instance, my, my parents have like uh, a tree Walker coonhound and that is just the dopey, silly dog. And he's great. He's, he's fantastic. And that's, that's what he is mostly. Uh, he's, he's basically that, although they did a DNA test said he was beagle. I don't think that's, the, he's, he's definitely cool now, but anyway, those are the kind of dogs. I like. I like hound dogs. I like, you know, like the bloodhounds and, and, and they're just, you know, affable driven kind of dogs. They're trainable. They're fun to be around. 
they're good family pets. They've, they've got a good bark. I like their bray, you know, the, the way they sound. Um, I'm just, I'm, I'm a, I like the hounds, I, the hound. If I was, you know, to talk in like dog show terms, the hound group is my group. I'm, I'm all about that. <laughs> <laughs> I, I i think this is funny though because i'm a cat person oh um, really i have two cats okay um, but i think it's funny that this question just like doesn't work for cat people because there's like nobody knows what breed their cat is well what you know, about like the I, main co- everybody's like oh the main coon for sure and, and like like i i say that and i do like kind of halfway know what my cat is it's like half ragdoll half long-haired persian or whatever but okay. like anybody who asks like like we were going to the airport one time and the lady was really that the airport we were flying with our cats and she was really worried for whatever reason about like us trafficking cats okay. and she was like well she, she was really skeptical she's like do, do you have like their registration and we're like they're not registered like these are these are cats and she's like well what kind of cats are they and my wife looks at her and she goes uh white with gray spots and <laughs> brown gray with stripes and she goes oh so they're like your personal cats and we're like yeah like <laughs> so i i just think it's funny how like cat people like they, they, don't, they don't know breeds of cats it's just this is what it looks like that's hilarious that's really funny <laughs> yeah we had growing up we had a calico cat but it's not a breed that's just like a coat yeah, type a, a type yeah, yeah yeah so i don't yeah I, that's 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 hilarious uh but yeah hound anything with hounds i, I just think they're they're affable funny good dogs i, I just like them um okay Last one here. This might be a little bit involved, but we can do it. So we're hired, by the way, this is from Scott, uh, who says we're hired by Ryan Day to find a position for the four Mount Rushmore presidents, which is Washington, Jefferson, Lincoln, and Teddy Roosevelt on the Ohio State football team. Uh, what position does each president play and who would be the best and worst players? <laughs> so oh, excellent question. This is very involved. All right, it is. But you know what? We can... I've got a little bit of history knowledge. Uh, and so I feel like we might be able to fill in the gaps here and, and figure this thing out. So we've got Washington, Jefferson, Abraham Lincoln, and uh, Teddy Roosevelt, right? Okay. Yeah. So what position would they play? Who would be the best and worst players? I'm going to, how well versed are you on uh, your presidential knowledge? More than I should be probably. Okay, good. Okay. So we got Washington, we got Jefferson, we got Lincoln, we got Teddy. Washington, fairly large dude, imposing for his time, I think like 6'3", something like that. You've got Lincoln, tallest president ever uh, at 6'4", very imposing for his time. Uh, Wrestling champ, right? He was renowned for his wrestling abilities. Thomas Jefferson, cerebral guy, not super huge. Absolutely would not want him on my team. (laughs) He's he's not the sort of dude you want in any sort of athletic competition, so I, I need to find a way to hide him, but but Teddy, though, Teddy, Teddy he, Roosevelt, he, he can scrap. He can scrap. Teddy Roosevelt will give you what is it? The three to five seconds of sustained effort like that. He will he will yeah. give you 60 minutes. He'll give you 120 minutes of sustained. But effort. he's not a he, big guy. He's not a big guy. But Teddy Rose. Here's the thing about Teddy Roosevelt. If you remember, he got shot, right? Well, yeah. OK, so and famously continued. First of all, shows grit. Uh, he got shot, continued to give his speech for an hour and a half you can read his speech by the way that he gave uh continue to speak for an hour and a half after he got shot the reason why he didn't kill him though is because his overly developed pectoral muscles no stop way. the bullet yeah stop the i didn't bullet. know that yeah stop the bullet from entering into um 
his uh, his vital organs. So here's what I would say. Let's start with Teddy Roosevelt. If I'm putting him on the team, right? Okay, and, and we've got to think about what position he's going to play. This is a dude who would box regularly in the White House, right? Was big yeah. into like lifting weights in a time period where that was kind of like a proto thing. It was just kind of coming into vogue constantly running from place to place and in college like people would just see him sprinting across the quad this guy screams okay either outside linebacker or like defensive end or something like that like i I know he's going to be undersized he's not a huge dude but i just think that this is like a brian roll situation where you just gotta let this guy you gotta get him on the the dog you gotta let him go yep yeah so i'm down with that he it doesn't really matter if he's undersized i i'd say linebacker so that he doesn't have to deal with like off the ball in the trenches sort of stuff. Agree. And you just get him in space. Yeah, I agree. And and Jefferson, Jefferson makes sense. He's a cerebral guy. He's going to cause drama. Um, it, it's it's going to be difficult finding a spot for him. Um, I don't know, maybe on the punt team, something where he can like kind a of specialist, a special long snapper. Yeah, he could be a long snapper. Maybe. I don't know. I mean, I feel like maybe he could do that. Uh, what about Lincoln? Where would you want Abraham Lincoln? So he's got, he's got height. I, I, I don't know. I maybe receiver, let him high point something. I think he's got his hand skills. He, he's got violent hands, man. Like he's got, I think he's going to so, be like a clowny type. I know he's, he's like thinner and whatever. And people talk about like, it, but the dude is country strong. I think he's got to be like, I don't know, maybe a defensive end, something I, where I he's got to hit. That. He's got to be, he wants, he's going to have to hit people. Well, That's he, he probably, he probably had Marfan syndrome too. Which That's makes what some people like, say. And that, he's that like makes him a little lanky. more fragile. Well, a little more fragile, but he's also like lanky. His arms are like disproportionately True. long and stuff like that. So I could see that with reach, give him, give him the, uh, the wingspan and stuff. I could see defensive end. He can make a heck of a pass pressure if you uh, put some meat on him. Yeah. I, I, I think get, get just... him in, get him in the weight room, get coach, give him to coach Mick. And that's what I'm saying. He's it's, yeah. <laughs> they're going to do one of those before and after photos with Abraham Lincoln. And then like yeah. four years later, he's just going to be like. 80 more pounds of muscle and just rip the heads off people. I, I see a lot of potential is what I'm saying in Abraham. I I feel like the guy could be, could be tough. I mean, look, anybody who survives as a country lawyer in the early (laughs) 1800s. No, for real though. Like people, people kind of, I think gloss over that period of time in his life, but the dude was entirely self-taught and law and all this other stuff. He's a genius but also he had to like kick people's asses from time to time and that's part of like living out and the you know the basically the the frontier of the united states of that so i don't i don't know he lincoln's a fascinating dude and and definitely will will cause some havoc um and then i know it's cliche but like i gotta feel like washington's got to be the quarterback right yeah yeah he has to and it's it's not even just like the leadership thing like he's more of like the jt barrett like we talked we had a lengthy discussion (laughs) slack about about craig krenzel uh-huh. Like, he, he's he's gritty he like gets the job done like he does if you need if you need three four yards like you're gonna get it like I, I i think anything outside like no physical ability or anything like that like anything outside of that even he is just the guy that you want with the ball in his hands yeah i agree i mean that's it, he just he is a jt barrett type i would agree with Com- that. commands a huddle commands a locker room like that's that's who he is yeah, I agree. And would be around for a while and then people would respect his, intent, you know, all that stuff. So yep. uh, I would say, so from best to worst, here would be my list. I would say Teddy, Lincoln, Washington, and then Jefferson. What would you say? Jefferson is a distant fourth. <laughs> 
distant fourth. Why the hate on? Why? I mean, I, I can understand your point, but why? Why the specific hate, hate on Thomas Jefferson? Oh, I, I don't, I don't, I don't hate. As far Thomas as his Jefferson. football ability. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I'm not, I'm not hating on him too much. I, I just think that he is the most like pure academic. Like, I mean, oh, the, sure. the dude in his head. He, he, yeah, he's, not, a, he's, not he's, necessarily a team player. Right. I mean, he, he's a, he's a, he had his role in history for a reason but it was mm-hmm. not because he was like i don't know he, he's very scholarly very um just just not the person you want like in a gritty contact game you know yeah. I, I, I he can he, put him on my sideline and let him uh him you know coach him Quality up control let, let him let him let him run film let put him in the in the booth and let him uh coordinate an offense or something like that but yeah, i don't i want him nowhere near the field the, the Nick Siciliano of, of uh, yeah. presidential football yeah. aptitude. Uh, I'm sorry, Nick Siciliano, who <laughs> listens to this on a regular basis. Um, so, again, all great questions. We appreciate that. That's a fantastic one. I really enjoy that one quite a bit. That was great. Um, yes, thank you for sending that in. And thank you for sending in all of your questions to ask us anything. And we'll continue answering them. Kevin, this was a great dubcast. Thanks yet again for filling in. Uh, Andy should be back next week, but I had a really great time with you these past couple of weeks. And I know everybody had a great time listening to uh, you and, and I chat. So thanks very much. Oh, yes. Thanks for having me. And we will definitely make sure that, uh, you know, next time we'll have you on as well. So uh, anyway, that's the Dubcast for this week. I'm Johnny. I am Kevin. And uh, we'll see you next time.